And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, which has other amazing podcasts like Entrepreneurs on Fire, hosted by John Lee Dumas. Entrepreneurs on Fire stokes inspiration and shares strategies to fire up your entrepreneurial journey and create the life you've always dreamed of. Check out some of the recent episodes, eight tools of improv comedy that you can use in work and life, how to turn your Instagram into a money-making machine, how to build a seven-figure side hustle without quitting your full-time day job, and overcoming the beast of depression as an entrepreneurial leader. If these topics are interesting for you, you definitely have to check out Entrepreneurs on Fire wherever you download your podcast. Today, my guest is Iselfie Taylor, the number one financial advisor in the entirety of California who navigates the challenges of working with celebrities, sports legends, and Fortune 500 executives. He currently sits on the board of three nonprofit organizations dedicated to business empowerment, children's health, and social services. He mentors upcoming youth as the founder of the nonprofit Future Stars Camp for Kids, dedicated to providing basketball training and life coaching skills in his free time. Now, we spoke about the definition of success, financial literacy, finding balance, how to manage your money, how to invest, where the wealthiest spend their money, and how to become a millionaire with $100 a month. I think uh, one of the, the things that I experienced as a child that really um, was the catalyst of shaping who I was is uh, in the fourth grade, I changed schools. My mom uh, took a new job and my brother and I uh, got transferred to a new school that was closer to her job. And my brother and I literally desegregated the school, right? Like we're the first black kids in the school. And I'd grown up previously going to a school that was pretty eclectic. White kids, black kids, Mexican, Hispanic, you're uh, Asian rather, like everyone, right? And uh, this school is just like a bunch of white kids and my brother and I. And, you know, I used to get picked on, like, you're black. And I'm like, yeah, I know, right? Like, it was like, like yeah, like, you know, yeah, <laughs> tell me something new. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my, uh, it was me and, and poor, poor little Jimmy Baird. Jimmy Baird was a, a nerdy little kid and, and, uh, you used to get picked on before school, but I was fast, right? So I'm fast, and but Jimmy Baird was not fast, and right, so he get beat up, and I'll just run around. And you know, coming from, I went to this progressive Montessori school, where you know I wasn't playing, and also my father is from Ghana, West Africa, right? So my dad wasn't like, let's play like football and basketball and baseball. He's like, how many PhDs are you gonna get, right? <laughs> And so I didn't know any of the games like, oh, you want to play four square handball? I'm like, man, I have no idea what, this, what these things are, right? 
And so I was a bit of an outcast. And uh, because my mom worked at night or worked uh, through the night, um, I had to go to daycare after school. And so I'd spend hours after school every day playing handball and foursquare and tag and learning the games. And not only learning the games, like I became like the best one in the game. And as I went through school and, and now like starting to play sports and football and basketball and baseball and everything, and I became like the best athlete in the school. And, you know, now girls come around, oh my God, who's that? Is that a Sophie Taylor? And now all the boys who used to pick on me and try to fight me, now you're like, hey, can I do a sleepover at your house? <laughs> <laughs> and what, and what, that, what that period of my life taught me is that, so let me get this straight, because I score touchdowns or can shoot threes and girls like me now, like, no, nah, I'm the same kid that I was before. And so... I literally became the bully of bullies, right? Like, and, and always wanted to stand up for the underdog at that point and, and not letting, you know, circumstance dictate your character, right? And, 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 and not saying, oh, because I'm popular now, I'm going to shift and be, you know, mean to other people or, 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 or nasty to other people or put other people down because I, I know what that felt like, you know? And, and that's probably the only period of my life where that was my reality, right? Ever since then, being an athlete and, you know, doing well in school and going into business and all these things, I've been quote unquote, the guy, but that always stuck with me. So that's one thing that, you know, happened to me as a kid that I remember that that stuck with me and shaped who I was. But you know, that's a that's a really great lesson. So you realized, and actually, you came out of it on the right side of it. But you realize that going into it, um, when you conform to all the things that people want you to be, all of a sudden, life gets a little bit easier. But then I, I, I think it's going to dovetail into lessons that you teach over, um, probably from what you've learned from being successful, it's like not always what you want either. It's not always who you are. Like you, for a moment, you started to become like what other people wanted you to be. And then you realize, hey, wait a second, like I got to come out of this in a good way. And that's when you, you know, you're the bully of bullies. You're like, okay, so I figured out the, the code to being successful and cool in school. I know how to play sports. I know how to get girls, but like ultimately, you still want to be true to yourself. And I think that's something that you probably like the way that I look at the stuff that you've done in your career. Um, I even saw this like little sizzle reel that you put on your website, how you made it and you and you got the money, you got the house, you got the car and you're like, hold up, wait, like this isn't exactly what's making me happy. So maybe walk me through like the, the reality of of a lot of people who conform to what people think they should be, but then <clears throat> end up maybe not in the right spot. Sure. I think what happens is obviously it's natural is we'll, we'll put a lot of onus on possession. We put onus on, you know, what kind of house you have, what kind of car do you drive, what's your job title, or what, how much money are you making? And, you know, and, 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 and it's great, right? You know, we all want to have nice things and enjoy the fruits of our labor. But at the end of the day, it's really about, like I say, connection. It's about fulfillment. It's about um, um, gratitude, um, health and wellness. And that's really what, what matters. That's our riches. Unfortunately, most people never reach their quote unquote number. They never either make enough or possess enough to say, to say like, oh, I've made it, or I, I feel this sense of accomplishment. And those that have, right? And that's why you see the multimillionaires or the business moguls or the athletes giving back so much, right? And, 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 and creating nonprofits and being philanthropic or they're rich, right? And they don't do those things and they're just miserable, nasty people. They have all the money in the world. They can buy anything they want except for happiness. And again, unfortunately, most people never reach their number, whether that's a million or five million or 10 million, whatever it is, or they never get that house. But when you get it, 
right? Any one of you who, who are listening to this or watching this right now, if you said, I'm not happy, Sophie, because I don't have money, no matter what your number is, a million, 10 million, 100 million, a billion, whatever your number is, if I wrote you a check for that number, you would be the same person the next day. If you're a miserable, nasty person broke, you'll be a miserable, nasty person with $10 million. Money doesn't change who we are, it just accentuates who we are, it highlights who we are. And so that's my whole thing is how can I find balance? How can I find peace with nothing, nothing material? Because if I can do that, when I get the house, when I get the car, when I get the money, when I get the, the, the popularity, uh, then I'm gonna be able to affect change positively and help other people. Yeah, but it, it's hard to get that. So walk me through like your career, because even when I watched that video, it seemed like you fell victim to that mindset for a period of your career. You hustled hard. You like you pushed like you wanted all the things you had a number yep. and you you didn't you know, you didn't have that number right away. So after you got it, you had a little bit again, like when it's funny when you realize the success that you've achieved in whether or not it being, you know, popular in, in school or, or having the house and the family and the car and the toys that you want. I love that you are so self-aware that you recenter and you're like, shit, I need to figure out how to make yeah. a, a better life for my, you always figure yeah. like, it's never like you double down and you just like go on this toxic path, which a lot of people do. You yeah. are like, Hey, I'm so self-aware. I got this, but I need to figure out how to be more whole in my life. But anyway, so yeah. walk me through your career and like how, you know, how you got to where you, you were yeah, and how no, you got I, to that point. And certainly I, I, I think they say what the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and mm -hmm. expecting a different result. Right, so anytime I reach a particular level plateau in my life or, or, or a pivotal moment, I go, wow, right? Is this the life I wanna live or is this what I wanted? And if I go, well, no, it's not, then immediately I look to shift, I look to change, I look to, 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 to pivot because if you do what you've always done, you're gonna get what you've always had, right? <laughs> and so, so I look to shift. So story simple, like I didn't grow up in this like super impoverished area. I mean, I grew up in Southern California, went to private school my whole life. I had a roof over my head, food on the table, right? Didn't have a, a trust fund when I turned 18, but I had 20 bucks in my pocket, you know, go to movies and, and grab a burger on the weekends, right? I didn't have a BMW when I turned 16, but I had a Subaru station wagon, right? So I could I could cart, cart myself and my friends around. And so um, I, didn't, I didn't go without a lot, right, growing up. Um, but I wanted more, right? And I wanted to provide more for my family when I had one, and and that was my thing, right? I'm 22 years old, graduate college. I start my career right out of school in finance, and I had one simple modest aspiration in that time as to become a millionaire by the time I was 25, right? I figured three years, man, let's go, let's get it, right? And <laughs> yeah. and and that's it, it, right? Um, always say, right? If your dreams don't scare people, you're not dreaming big enough. You're not thinking yeah, big amen. enough, right? Yeah. So I, I swung swung big. Um, took me a little longer than 25, but by 27, man, I did it. I'm a millionaire. I'm 27 years old, right? By 30, it was kind of like that, that, that moment you're talking about when I realized like, ah, oh, crap, right? Like I had made life about achieving all this stuff and I have all the, you can see my office behind me. I've, I've got all the plaques and trophies in the world, right? I've been decorated in athletics and academics and business virtually my entire life. And when I realized like all that doesn't matter if I'm empty inside, all that doesn't matter if I don't have true connection and love with people. And, and so that's where that, that shift came. And not that, you know, I'm not uh, gonna still try to grow business. I'm gonna be a billionaire, like that's where my head's at. The difference is, is I don't wanna be a billionaire to consume for me, right? So I can get a nicer house or to drive a nicer car. My pursuit of being a billionaire, one is I'm an athlete, so you gotta keep score, right? Yeah, so like, hey, so if you wanna play one-on-one -on -one and not keep score, 
No, right? Like <laughs> I keep score, so that money's the barometer, right? But then for me, it's really just the, the ability to impact and touch people and share, right? I'm a billionaire. There aren't any homeless people here in LA, right? I know people, no kids going hungry, right? That's, that's, that's I think we're here to, to not only, again, not to consume for ourselves or even provide for our family, but, but the families and people at large. And then when you were when you were on the come up when you were making that million by twenty seven, um, what what do you think, what what do you think was really missing in your life? Because now you you have a TV show, Mind, Body, and Money. So I'm assuming you know the money's there. What was missing? Was it the mind? Was it the body? And and also, I don't know what what else falls under you know the things that are missing. Thinking relationships, like all the different things that you have in yeah. your life. I, I think many of us are unequally yoked. And, and the reason that mind, body, money is so important to me is I believe to become the best versions of ourselves, we need to master those three areas of our life in that order, mind, body, money. In terms of mindset, I guess I was very determined, right? I was very determined. I think I was very stubborn, right? Today, I believe everything happens for a reason and it's perfect timing. And back when I was younger, I was very idealistic. This will happen, then this will happen, then this will happen. And, and anyone who says something to the contrary, like, get out of my way, right? Like, that is what I thought. The body part, like being an athlete, like it's cool. Like I, I played basketball, college, and kept playing through leagues as an adult and always moving my body, but I was, I was putting crap in my body. We think of diet as what we eat. And it wasn't only that my diet was poor. Your diet isn't only what you eat, it's what you watch, it's what you listen to, it's who you hang around. And what I realized also, there was a lot of toxicity, right? So even though I'm quote unquote more successful and I know thousands, tens of thousands of people, my circle and the people that I'm close to and the people that I'm vulnerable to is continue to shrink actually over time. And then with the money, yes, I was making money, but I didn't realize it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Because one other part of that story is I was a millionaire by 27 and by 30 I was broke. Right, oh, sure. because I bought all these pieces of property in, the, in a bad time, 05, 06, 07. Yeah. And when the market dropped, right, you don't get a gold medal and a trophy because you used to be a millionaire, right? That's true. <laughs> it's, 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 you gotta keep it. And so these are some of the lessons. And so I tell people all the time, like I'm a massive, massive failure. So when people look at me like, oh no, not you, Sophie. I'm, you know, because people are judging me by my success. There's a Nelson Mandela quote, do not judge me for my success judge me for the number of times that I fell down and got back up, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, quite simply the, the story of my life. So then how did you, okay, so then fine. So you, you make your money, uh, recession hits, you're broke at that point. That's, that's, pretty, that is, that's probably rock bottom in your life for, for yeah. where, you know, uh, for the success that you've had. <laughs> so how do you turn your life around? You're building again, but you want to build a little bit differently, right? You, want, you don't want to build the exact same way because you weren't happy then, any? Yeah, I think... And this is something that the people who are viewing might, you know, some of you might relate to. I think that really talented people have a challenge in creating scalable business. And people who create not riches, but wealth, understand the value of scale, understand that a true business runs in spite of you, not because of you. And I have a particular talent, right? Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not shy, if you can't tell, right? But I have a particular talent of being in front of people and moving people to action. But the challenge that occurs in that as me working with a client on a one-on-one -on -one basis is that I can only have so many meetings. I can only close so many deals, right? But if I manufactured cell phones, right, and sold a million cell phones every month, I'd be a billionaire. 
right? Mm -hmm. And no one even knows my name, right? Think about Jeff Bezos, right? You know, CEO or founder of Amazon. How many, when's the last time Jeff Bezos delivered a package, <laughs> right? And so, so <laughs> when you look at it and, and that's, that's been the shift for me. And, and again, a journey I'm still in the midst of right now is how do I shift and restructure my enterprises, the, the various businesses that I run, that, that they run again um, in spite of me, not because of me. One of my biggest clients said it to me best, and this really resonated with me. He said, Isilfi, you have created the perfect business when you show up to work and have nothing to do. Matter of fact, when you try to do something, you mess it up. He's like, then that's it, right? And so that's been etched in my head like the last 10 years and so I'm there. So even for me, it's like, man, I, I'm, I'm such an integral part of all the things I do and that's great and I, have, I love it and I'm, I'm a big part of it, but I have a scale issue. So things like, you know, things like my, like my app, My Body Money app on the App Store, things like my show, My Body Money, allow me to cast a wide net, be in front of millions, tens of millions of people, that, and then hopefully some fraction of them act. And that is how I'm trying to gain scale in this next chapter of my life by, you know, taking, taking, taking my place as a public figure, taking my place as celebrity and monetizing that. But, but in a manner that I think is positive, right? That if I get, if I get a million people to go, man, I love your vision. I love what you're doing. I love the impact you're trying to have on the world. And I could pay three bucks a month for all this content that's, that's actionable for me to, to improve my life and help other people. Sure. I'll do that. Right. When I get a million people to pay me three bucks a month, there you yeah. go. Yeah, no, right. well, I think so, that that's a huge issue people have, right? Because yes. th they have this like super high valuable skill and they figured out how to kill it in their career, but that's scalability. And now what you figured out, like actually by solving a very real business problem, now you can actually solve the rest of your life, which yes. is how do you devote time to your, to your better half, to your spouse, to your kids, to your parents, like to your community? Because you really can't do that if you're just great at working. Like yep. it's imp that I was actually going to ask you this, like how do you manage and balance all this stuff. I don't know if there's a secret to it. I think it's just you got to find a way to build a business that scales. Yeah, and it, you know, I don't want to make light of what it took for me to get here. Um, it's it's easy, you know, uh, f you know, from some vantage point to say, look, you, it's easy. Like you got that house now, you got that car. Oh, now you want to balance now, and. And so I, I will say, like I had, and I still have to some degree, that I call it the sickness, right? Mm -hmm. it, you must be obsessed with success. You must be obsessed. You're not like anyone great, like a Michael Jordan or S S Serena Williams or a Tiger Woods or whatever. They're like all sick. They're not like regular, not like, well, you know, I'll practice a couple times a week and see what happens. Like, no, obsessed. I think that you have to have that to be great. Academics, business, sports, music, you have to have that, right? So anyone who's listening who's not where they want in their career, yep, you gotta grind it out, right? No, make no mistake about it. What I would encourage people not to lose sight of, even in the midst of that journey, is trying to maintain some level of balance or reset. I'm wired different than other people, right? Like, I get energy from others, right? So I can work 100 hours a week. 250 hours, but if I'm around people and getting energy and encouragement from other people, I'm good. There are some yeah. people that are like, listen, two days a week, I gotta shut off, no cell phone, whatever, like, and to each his own. I used to, I used to look at someone like that as I was going in my career, I, I would look at them as weak. I would look at them like, oh, you don't get it. And what I realized later on is like, you know who didn't get it? I didn't get it. I was at this conference one time, 
I'm a new, like, up-and-coming kid, hot shot, right, running my mouth. I hadn't done anything yet, but I was running my mouth. Like, I'm, watch, watch what I do, right? And I'm telling people, like, this is where I'm going. People are like, man, this kid is something else, right? And this other lady sitting next to me, and she had a completely opposite. She had been in business, like, 30 years. She was like, ah. She was like, here's what I do. I work for three months, and then I take a month off. And I go to travel with my family, and da 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 And then I work for three months, and I take a month off. And as she was telling her story, I'm like, man, this lady, what is wrong with her? Do you realize if you didn't take a whole month off, how much better you could even be doing, right? And now I look at it like, wow, that's cool. If what gives her fulfillment is, hey, I'm going to grind it out, but then I'm going to take this time to reset with my kids and my grandkids, then cool. That is what success looks like to her. And so what I realize is that my definition of success, my definition of making it doesn't have to be yours or anyone else's. We're all, we're all on our own journey. But the key is you must identify what it is for you. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it with amazing accuracy. So you can't, to your point earlier, you can't gauge yourself or, or say, hey, because Joe does this, this is what I got to do. Or because Mary does this, this is what I got to do. You want to be the best version of yourself, whatever that is. Whether it's making 100 grand a year or making 100 grand a day, whatever that is, mm-hmm. right? Right, And then once you define, well, what does that success look like to you? What does fulfillment look like to you? Then, boom, do the work. So then it's okay. So that's, I love this, dude. I love this. This is so important because when people listen to this, I I don't want them to just look at people that operate at an exceptionally high level and be like, oh, I'm a failure if I don't get there. But I do want people to know that it does take a lot of work to get there. And sometimes, to be honest, like the people that make it to the top, like there's (laughs) like, there's a little bit off. Like they're not like 100%. It's not 100% normal. Like they have to yeah. put in an insane amount yeah. of work to get there, which is cool. Yeah. But like you, I think the people at the top also have to realize that like you, you you can burn a lot of good parts of your life away if you just focus on that. And I think for the average person who wants to be truly happy, I think that just being the 0.01% 24 7, 365 from when you're born till you die is not going to make you quote unquote happy at, at all actually if, and I think that the people you know it's a cautionary tale you look at the people that uh, are the the uh, you know deca millionaires and 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 even up to the billionaires and and the family is suffering and the multiple divorces and like there's things that fall away so yeah. figure out what you want I think that's super super yeah. important how do you we, case, how do you figure out what you want we, we, we come into this world with nothing and we'll leave with nothing Right. 100%, so it's like, yeah. how, what are we remembered for in that in that in that window of time, in the midst? Um, you know, I again, I'm not I'm not a special person. I'm not better than anyone else, man. I'm just on my on my grind. I think I think if I had to to say what am I? I'm a I'm a grinder. I'm a hustler. I've 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 fallen down and gotten up and fallen down and gotten up. And that's why I said I don't believe in winning and losing. I believe in winning and learning. And taking these lessons that I've learned, taking these challenges that I've experienced, and then saying, okay, how can I come back better and stronger as a result you know, of these things? And so um, there's just a great level of peace. There's a great level of, of, of serenity that I have in the unknown. And that is what used to freak me out. That's, I think, what used, freaks a lot of people out. It's like, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And I know that if I crush today, if I do everything I can today, tomorrow I'll bring enough challenges and problems of its own. Let me just focus on today, right? Tomorrow's, tomorrow's a mystery. Yesterday is history, right? But today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. So I'm going to unravel this present, this precious that. present, every day, right? And cash it in. That's the way I look at it. 
just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. So I was thinking about the shortest day of the year earlier. While technically we have the same amount of time as every other day, the lack of daylight makes it feel so much shorter, which is kind of the same feeling as working with disconnected tools. Our workday is the same length as always, but before we know it, we spent three hours manually fixing something that is quote unquote automated. Thankfully, HubSpot's all-in-one connected CRM platform serves as a single source of truth for managing customer relationships across marketing, sales, service, and operations, meaning all of your team's data is truly connected. With multiple hubs, over a thousand integrations, and an easy-to-use interface, HubSpot helps you spend less time managing your software and more time connecting with your customers. Plus, with a quick and easy onboarding process, your teams can get started quicker than even the shortest day of the year. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Okay, talk to me about um, talk to me about detaching yourself from the outcome and focusing on things you can control. Yeah, that is that is it, man. It's like here's the deal, right? Three questions: Do you have a problem? No. Great. Obviously, then there's nothing to worry about. Do you have a problem? Yes, I have a problem. Can you do something about it? Yes, I can do something about it. Great. Don't worry about it. Do you have a problem? Yes. Can you do something about it? No, I can't. Well, great. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications no one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a quality 
qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text 
success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Don't worry about it. So ultimately, all paths lead to not worrying about anything. I don't control what you or anyone else does. I only control me. So here's the thing. Have I, have you done everything required of you today to reach your goals, to be the best version of you? And if you can check that box, yes, I have, then I don't control the outcome. You don't control the outcome. But ultimately, you have to be, and it's hard, you look in the mirror and ask yourself, have I done this? Because, because you can't be upset about the results you didn't get from the work you didn't do. So have you done what's required of you? And if you have, then good. Does that mean you're going to get the promotion? Does that mean you're going to get the man or the woman of your dreams? Does that mean you're going to make the team? Does that mean? Maybe not. And that's life, man. I'm sorry. It's not fair. Right? But I believe it's perfect. Because maybe you weren't supposed to have that boyfriend. Maybe you weren't supposed to have that girlfriend. Maybe that promotion that passed you over was a good thing because you got another opportunity that was bigger. Each one of us has had an experience where there's something we really wanted something we really thought we deserved in life and it didn't come to us. And later we got a bigger blessing, right? And, and everyone can think back their own lives and think of, oh yeah, that did, right? I'm not making it up, it's not just me. No, it's not right? it's true. And, and, yeah. and so, so when you stop fighting and it's like, this is the way that it should be and you just in, embrace, right? And accept and breathe into it like, okay, this is it. Then, then it happens, you know, exactly as it should. So I want to I want to talk about I want to talk about money because that's actually that's actually your your job, your life, everything that you everything you do is about helping people with money. So you have a very, I, I think, uh, a very healthy relationship with money. This is like after you kind of like your 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 moment when you uh, woke up after you hit rock bottom and now you understand how to balance making money and you balance family and you balance happiness. And again, the mind body money connection. But a lot of people have a lot of problems with money so who do you work with who are the people that you you actually work with on a day-to-day is this still something that like of course yeah you have a tv show i know you were i think the face of linkedin that was a crazy story but this is like your nine to five you're helping people with like their most valuable asset yeah you know i've i've had the unique privilege of working with a lot of different people some clients that make 100 grand a year i got some clients again make 100 grand a day right and everything in between um there's two mindsets typically that people have. They can have a scarcity mindset, right, or an abundance mindset. Um, I have an abundance mindset because I know how to make money. I know how to make money. Now, admittedly, sometimes that gets me in trouble because I'll swing away, right? Like, you want to invest, you know, hundred grand in this new startup? Like, yeah, let's go. Let's see what happens, right? Because not that I want to lose it, but I'm like, my whole thing, my whole thing is I, I'm going to die with memories, not dreams, right? So I swing away, and because I have this abundance mindset. I think, well, if this doesn't work out or this doesn't pan out for me, I think I can come back from it. It's interesting because with my clients, I have an opposite objective. It's more of a conservative, long-term approach, right? I'm typically not, you know, swinging, swinging for the fences, right? Because I do believe in the end, a long, steady, you know, balanced approach is, is the key to success. But for me, it's not like, should I set myself up and think about my long-term goals and, and objectives or should I swing for the fences? And I think we oftentimes will find ourselves in these polar opposites, right? I'm one or the other. And for me, it's like, why not do both? Why not have, and that's kind of how I've designed my life and my businesses. I've got the things that all things being equal in the next 20 years, 
I'll be good. I'm fine. Just yeah. hitting singles and doubles. And I got the things that you might call me next week and next next year. Who knows? And I'm like, yeah, I saw that company for $100 million. I don't know. Right? But, the th- but, but, I, but, I, but I know this. I know that I'm going to show up. I know that I'm going to show out. I know that I'm going to put forth the effort necessary to succeed. And ultimately, beyond that, your, your guess is, is, is as good as mine. So my role as, as in, 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 in finance and helping clients isn't, again, for me to dictate terms. And so this is what you should do. And this is where you should be as much as it's just my job to tell people how things work. I teach people how things work. This is how this works. And when you understand how things work, then do whatever you want. Right. Yeah. But but it's here's here's where you are today. Here's where you want to be. Here are the things you need to do to get to the where you want to be. How do you want to proceed? And I, I have that conversation half a dozen times a day with people. I was going to say the reason why you can be abundant. And I think this is something that we have to talk about and also teach over to people. The reason why you can have that abundance mindset, you're, you're financially literate. Uh, you know, you know how to make money, you have self confidence, but the self confidence is justified. So one of the topics that I think would be interesting is to speak about maybe some of the the highest earning in, well, not maybe the highest earning, but very high earning uh, individuals athletes, and maybe they have the confidence. But I mean, if they finish their craft, and they don't have financial literacy, and they have no idea how to make more money, or they've never really done it themselves before. Uh, I'm sure you've seen this before, like, you can burn through that money super quick. So yes. I want to talk about athletes in a second. First question, big question. It's not going to be easy to solve today, but we're going to try to solve it. How do we make people more financially literate? Is it universities? Like what's what's the thing that we're missing as a society? I, I, I think it starts, you know, it starts even before college. I think I think in, in elementary school, I was pleased. Uh, I ran into an old elementary school teacher of mine, and they're teaching financial literacy in grade school, and I thought that was amazing. Um, financial literacy, and these are basic things, guys, like um, you know, uh, balancing a checkbook, budgeting, right? How does insurance work, right? How do investments work, right? What's an estate plan, right? Tell me about taxes. I graduated magna cum laude amongst top of my top of my class with a degree in business, and I didn't know 99% of this stuff until I was in it and doing it. I'll share a quick story. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm three months into business. I have my biggest month of my entire life at the time. I made $10,000, right? I've never seen $10,000 in my life. So I got $10,000 check. I'm like, oh, my, this is great. So this is back in the day. No direct deposit, right? I got a mailbox with a physical check in it. So I go open my mailbox, grab the check, open the check, set $5,500, right? So, I'm like, hmm. so I go to the operations manager, and I'm like, hey, um, today is payday. Um, my check. It's ten thousand, but this is fifty five hundred. So like, what do you guys do? You like break it up? Do you like pay me half now? I'm like half later, and she's like, no, that's that's your check. And I'm like, this is not my check. My check was ten thousand. This is fifty five hundred. And she said one word that just rang in my ears, and I said, what is it? She said taxes. And I said taxes, <laughs> half like half. And she's like, yeah, like you made ten thousand dollars this pay period. IRS assumes you made ten thousand dollars every two weeks, and you're being taxed at the highest level. So I was like, whoa. whoa, whoa. How does this not happen? That that was my first entree into tax planning. Right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, how do we fix this? And so, again, unfortunately, many of us, I think, make just decisions in life and adulthood like this. Like, yeah, let's see what happens, right? And from making our 401k elections to picking insurances to, to what mortgage should I get? Like, we don't know. And so, at the end of the day, this stuff isn't really rocket science. It is not, however, intuitive. It's not like, oh, yeah, this all just kind of makes sense. It takes a professional. It takes someone. Because here's the challenge with the internet and self-study, in my, my opinion. 
when you go online, you're going to find exactly what you're looking for. If I Google, why is da-da-da-da XYZ good? You'll find a slew of information. If I Google, why is that same thing? Why is XYZ bad? I'll find a slew of information. And then the challenge of the consumer is, well, who's right? That's why for me, I don't say this is good, this is bad. I say this is how this works. And again, when you understand how it works, then do whatever you want, right? But I think it starts early on, even with my daughters, like trying to teach them and and, and, and impart these things to them early on, right? Like, you want allowance? No problem. You can have allowance, but guess what? You're going to buy stocks with that money. And you could pick real money, but I want them to understand it, right? Like, oh, I've got this real estate. This is my building that I own. I have rental property. Let me teach you. Do you understand the difference between commercial real estate and residential real estate? What's the distinction? Oh, it's four units or less, Dad. Oh, it's four units or more, five units or more, Dad. It's commercial. Like, ah, good, right? You know, so they understand these things, right? Um, um, and, and things that they're learning at 13, 14, 15 years old that some of these things I learned when I was 30, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And to your point, some of the things I'm teaching them, <laughs> most people don't know in 30, 40, 50 years old, right? And, yeah. and so you can't win a game if you don't know the rules of the game, right? <laughs> and, and so that's my thing. How could we be successful in finance and creating financial security for ourselves if we don't know how the game works? And I, I want to, so, you know, for fun, I want to dive into the world of athletes, but then I think for practicality, we should also just understand like best practices for everyone. But uh, the reason why I love athletes is because they earn so much. And actually I have a, I have a podcast coming up. I'm, I'm Canadian. I used to play hockey. I, so I, all my references, I, I reference universities, not colleges. You, maybe you heard that, but I'm, I'm having a podcast with Chris Pronger, who was a big, big hockey player. Um, and he wrote a thread on Twitter about finances and like all the escrow and the agent fees and, and all the stuff that gets pulled off their salaries. And I'm sure it's the exact same in the NBA and the NFL and the MLB. And I want to understand the conversations that you have with athletes early in their career, coming out of their career. What is, what is the average athlete deal with? Do they go, what is the percentage of them that go bankrupt? Like all these crazy stats that you're dealing with right now because you operate at that level. Yeah, it's uh, it's staggering. I think uh, I think it's sixty some odd percent of NFL players file bankruptcy inside of three years of retirement. Shit. NFL actually stands for not not, not for long, right? Uh, I think it's somewhere forty some odd percent of NBA players after five years of ret- of, of ending their career uh, file bankruptcy, which which is actually not too dissimilar from lotto winners. Same stats. I think it's something like seventy five percent. Of lottery winners file bankruptcy inside of three years. Here's the biggest challenge: you cannot and should not confuse someone making a lot of good, lot of money, with being a good planner. Those are two different things. If I grew up in a household without any financial literacy, without access to money, without resources to 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 plan, and I was given a four-year, fifty million dollar contract. Why then would I all of a sudden be like, oh, now let me tell you how to diversify your, your, your uh, real estate portfolio, how my money should be invested, mitigate my tax liability, let me do some estate planning. Like, how would you just know that, right? And again, when I'm, I'm, I'm 23 years old and I just signed a four-year, $50 million contract, and, right, because... I'm young, it's always gonna be like this, right? Like I'm always like, it's always gonna be like this. And and so I think when you live life like I have now, like, you know, I've been in business 20, 
23 years, right? I've now been in this industry longer than I haven't been in this industry. And I see what happens when people are good stewards of their money. I see what happens when people make prudent decisions. And I also see what people take massive risks and don't plan accordingly. Right off rip, you go, okay, how then? But explain it to me, Sylvie. How could someone make $100 million and be broke? Mm -hmm. So right off the jump, as I alluded to earlier, you got, you got your partner that you forgot about, Uncle Sam. Right, so depending on where you live, you don't have 100 million, you have 50 million. So right off rip, you didn't even see 100 million, it's gone, right? You have 50 million dollars, right? And then you bought the house, and you bought the other house, and you bought the Lambo, then you bought the Phantom. You had to buy your mom a house, and then you're taking care of all your boys, right? That came up with you, all these things. Your business manager wants 5%, your agent wants 5%, right? You know, whittle, 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 whittle. So, so of that 50, you might have only seen 30. And then after buying, and think about it, depending on where you live, you're here in LA, so you're dropping four, five, six million dollars on a house, right? <clears throat> Cars, all these things, right? And now what? Oh, oh, I, I built a life that requires me to make and live on, you know, three, four million dollars a year. Even if I finish my career and I still got 10 million bucks, think about it. I got burns, 10 million bucks left. That pretty quick. But I'm, but, I'm, but I'm spending three million a year. You do the math. Yeah. Right. Inside of four years, you're broke. Right. Or you have to make some significant lifestyle changes. So my thing is start with the end in mind. It took when I'm talking to the young guys, you've never had this much money. So let's plan accordingly. Right. I got a, a big client show me with him this afternoon. I'm setting up a plan with him where with just what he makes this year, just what he makes this year with proper planning, proper planning and, 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 and strategization. I'm gonna set him up for the rest of his life. If he, if he never got another check after this year, he's good, right? And that's that's the type of things, the type of things that I'm, you know, that I'm thinking about and planning for with my clients. So that's um, awesome. So let's take that. Oh, I was gonna say I want to take that lesson. So the lesson that you're gonna tell this tell this athlete this afternoon, what's that lesson? Uh, like where where would you recommend somebody to put their money if you're gonna take you know a smaller check? Yeah, I mean, it's all relative. I mean, people have to do things in accordance to their time horizon, risk tolerance, and objectives, right? But I'm a big, big believer in diversification. I wouldn't tell somebody to put all their money in the stock market no sooner than I'd tell them to put it all in real estate or a business or any other one place. Um, I think the key when you have a lot, and that's let's call it the ultra-high ultra, ultra high net worth, right? You actually don't have to be that aggressive. If you've got $30 million and you're earning 5%, not a crazy rate of return, that's 1.5 million a year in interest, right? Which most people can live a pretty good life on a million five every year, right? Not invading principle. And so it, a lot of ways, once if I can get that athlete, if I can get that entertainer bought into that idea, you can live a great life. And this kid will have the same standard of living at 23 as he will at 53 and 63 and so forth, right? If he, if he, if he follows suit. The challenging part is the guys at the end of the career. The guys who made the hundred million dollars and they have the ten million left, and they come to me and say, "Hey, Sophie, I need help. Something's got to give. What you've been doing, that's not going to work. We got to make some major shifts, and that's that's hard, you know, for people to go through. And, and I, I had a hard conversation, um, you know, longtime NFL player, multiple Pro Bowl appearances, you know, living on about a million five a year, had five million dollars left. He's thirty two mm -hmm. years old. And I'm just like, you know, again, guy, you have five million bucks. You're spending well, technically, technically, if you if you drop that if you drop that million five down, 
and you had five million to play with, obviously you're gonna have a burn rate of a couple, you know, a hundred thousand a year. Maybe try and keep it really low. You could even still do something with that. You 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 could, but it's like people they'll crash and burn, man. And you, you but so so again, the sooner you identify, the sooner you identify those frailties and plan, the better off you are, right? And that's what I tell people. So. You, you, you're 21, 22, 23 years old, man, please start, right? Now, to your point, this 32-year-old guy, could he write the ship, right? But again, it's like have a conversation. Well, what, what is this expense? Oh, I've got four houses. Well, you can't keep four houses, man. You can't live. How many of those four houses do you live in? in the time? One, one, uh, right? only one. <laughs> so, so we got to cut, right? So I think for me, the, the more prudent you are, the better decisions you make early on, then right then you're not going to have to make such massive shifts you know down the road and what about people that are looking at their their portfolio of options i mean if you look at all your options you have everything from crypto to to real estate to bonds equities stocks and i mean like i'm in private equity i'm like trying to buy businesses that are already cash flowing and profitable you have all these different options you can play around with um when somebody just wants to start and they're just like overwhelmed What's the first step they should take? Yeah, the, the road to walk a mile begins with a single step. So don't worry about what the guy next to you or the gal next to you is doing or all the money someone else has or doesn't has. You got to do what works for you. So the first thing I tell people is you got to create a budget. You got to understand what's coming in. What's your income? Then identify what I call your core expenses. Your core expenses are things like your mortgage or rent or car payments, utilities, things that you have to spend money on. The gap between your income and your core expenses is what I call your discretionary income, right? And with that discretionary income, I encourage people to pay themselves first. You ideally want to have a minimum of three to six months, typically not to exceed 12 months of expenses saved. That's your emergency fund. And then beyond that, then you're going to want to look, you're probably going to want to have some equity exposure, right? And then look at in, like right now, like in the, the inflation rates, you know, approaching nine plus percent. Right, so you can't put your money in the bank. You can't put your money in this in a CD. I call CDs certificates of depreciation. Right, you're not you're not getting a rate of return large enough to hedge hedge inflation. So you need some 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 greater exposure to higher returns. Right, so you have that. Um, and I'm not one who's who's you know crazy taking a crazy amount of risk or swinging for the the fences. And yeah, I guess you could buy that one killer individual stock that hits, or you could just invest in the S and P 500. Right. 500 basic funds and call it a day, right? Um, again, people have to do what's right for them. But, you know, again, for me, slow and steady wins the race, right? Hey, look, you're paying rent. You know, I know the mortgage mortgage industry is going in flux with interest rates rising, and but prices are starting to drop. And if you look at the affordability index in many parts of the country, you pay just as much to rent as you do to own. Yeah. And like, that's what I did my first house. My first house was a four bedroom house. And I rented three of those rooms to my friends. And they paid two thirds of the mortgage, That's right? Smart. And yeah, so smart. now I was able to build, you know, build build up equity, pay for that mortgage, right, and have a home. And I was just paying a fraction of that, you know, of that of that cost. Or to your point, like you're doing, investing in in companies, right? And hey, these companies are maybe they need some cash flow. Um, yeah. Maybe you're not even actively involved in them, which is great. Like, hey, how can I put my money places and have my money working create yield for me, right? So again, I would tell the listeners to align themselves with a professional who can guide them, align them with the um, professional, most importantly, who will educate them and, and do something, right? Do yeah. something, right? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I think that's, that's a great, <laughs> it's like such simple advice, but you know, how many people go, 
years living paycheck to paycheck or I actually, you know, I was actually going to ask you this, but I, I have a thought and maybe tell me if it's right or not. I mean, you work with so many different clients. A lot of people may be listening to this and they're like, hey, I'm paycheck to paycheck. I have like zero dollars to invest. But how many times when a client comes to you and is paycheck to paycheck that you actually like go in and do a deep dive and just discover a massive amount of bullshit that they're spending their money on? Yeah, every time. I mean, <laughs> I figured it's like, when, it's like when people you, don't want to lose weight you, and then you like look at their pantry and it's like just like garbage and you're like, okay, well, like I know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think most people, if you were to look at your credit card or debit card statements and you delineate what were your core expenses versus the fluff, you'd be surprised at how much money just goes to crap every month. And here's my thing. If I make a rent payment and I pay my car lease, and I pay utilities and I pay my credit card and I pay my cell phone. And I don't put money away for me. My contention is you just work for free. Because none of that money went to accumulate to create wealth for you. Right? You're making everyone else rich. So that's again why you gotta pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, maybe you don't have a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand a month to put away. Maybe you don't have a million bucks scrolled away. Maybe it's a hundred bucks. Maybe it's two hundred bucks. But the interesting thing is, even at that level, given enough time. Right, you know that you could create a million dollar nest egg in retirement, investing a hundred bucks a month if you got a decent return on your money every month, right? Because it's just the it's power of, of of longevity and compounding interest in time, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the key. Just do something. Awesome. Okay, um, I'm gonna. I have one question that I always ask all guests to close it out. But before we pivot, um, what are some last thoughts? You know, floor is yours for people that are listening. Just mind, body, money, some last closing advice, and also, most importantly, uh, where do people connect with you? Socials, yeah. website, all that. Yeah, uh, mind, body, money, as the name suggests, balance them. Um, um, I have an app on the App Store, mind, body, money, that you can download videos and mindset, affirmations, body, health and wellness, um, fitness videos, as well as money, understanding real estate, understanding taxes, understanding finance, um, estate planning, all these things, again, that, that we need to know. So I've got a variety of tremendous thought leaders that provide content there. Um, the show, Mind, Body, Money, um, you can find us on mindbodymoney.com to get details on where we air and upcoming uh, videos and, uh, and publications. Um, I'm on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, at Isilfi Taylor. Think of a selfie like you're taking a photo, put an E in front, Isilfi. Um, I'm easy to find, just Google me, you'll find a slew of videos, uh, articles everywhere. I'm not shy. Um, and I'm here. Cool. And I think cool. the biggest thing is like, it's authenticity. There's nothing that you're going to read about me. There's nothing you're going to see from me on television that isn't who I genuinely am and what I genuinely think and how I live my life. And so um, I'm here to be a blessing and inspiration to others. And I hope people people get that through my work. I love that, man. I, I feel that. Um, okay, last question I ask everyone. Obviously, you've had a great career. Um, after all the success in your life, what does success mean to you at this point? Um, success to me means options. Success to me means I have effectively built a life where I remove the have-tos from the equation, where I do things because I want to do them, not because I have to do them. And whether it be because of my self-proclaimed sickness, right, or just desire for more, I'm not there today, right? I, 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 I can't. Well, I could, um, but I couldn't live in Southern California and live the life I do and do the things I want and walk away today. I can probably do that a lot of other places in the world. But, um, but, but, so I'm in this journey. So I'm no different than 
virtually anyone else probably listening to this piece, they're still, we're all on our journey, right? And, and so, um, again, um, that's what success looks like to me and that's what I'm striving to you know, achieve myself and help others do the same. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works. One data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash Clary. That's netsuite.com slash Clary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards, and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a quality qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. 
it's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 